Welcome to Stringing Pearls with Angie and Suzanne. We believe to know Jesus best, we should seek to understand his ancient Jewish world and study the word of God in its original context. And on this journey, his heart is revealed and we are empowered to live like him. In this episode, we will take a closer look at Matthew 6 and seek to understand what it means to have a good eye. So if you're ready, let's get dusty. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Stringing Pearls with Angie and Suzanne. How are you, Suzanne? I am doing really good today. Fantastic. Um, I'm still a little nasally (laughs) fighting some allergies, but I am good. Excited that we just came out of um, a week of Bible study with our ladies. Yes. Yes, it so, was. It's been awesome. This whole study is just yeah. So shout out to the ladies that are listening. I know they're going to be tuning in. Um, as we had studied the chapter, we were talking a little bit about um, language in the Bible, right? We've yeah. been talking about, especially in the first episode, we were talking about culture, um, and we were talking about the language. And one of the things that we touched on was um, Jewish idioms, mm-hmm. which is something that I never knew in reading the Bible. Yeah. But just like we have American idi- idioms, yeah, we have Jewish idioms, right? For so sure. um, I was just thinking about things like um, when we say something like it's raining cats and dogs. Yeah. Or go break a leg. Yeah. Well, uh, and one of the topics that we are, one of the texts that we're going to be reading on, studying on today in Matthew 6, we come across a Jewish idiom called the good eye. So before we get into that text, we always want to start our podcast with a prayer and just um, surrendering to the Lord. Lord. So let me go ahead and um, open us up in prayer. Okay. So Abba Father, we're just so grateful grateful for the opportunity to be here today father god in your word we thank you that your word is living and active father and i pray father god that you would just open our spiritual eyes our spiritual ears i pray for every listener tuning in father god that as they listen to this message you're speaking directly into their hearts father god that you give them wisdom that you give them clarity that we begin to just um understand you more in your heart father god that it would transform us that you would consume us and overwhelm us we honor you we praise you we pray all of these things in the mighty name of jesus amen Amen. so suzanne let's go ahead and let's get dusty our scripture for today matthew 6 19 through 24 okay so this is from the niv version don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven whether neither moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we want to jump to verse 22. Yes. Um, That's going to be the heart of where we start, I think. Yes, Um, absolutely. So, Suzanne, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So we were talking earlier about idioms, right? So I remember um, coming across this verse and reading it for the first time. And 
you know, when you're a new Christian and you read something like this, it just kind of stops you like, wait a minute, what the eye, like one eye is the lamp of the body? It doesn't quite make sense. But I just thought this particular verse meant just staying focused on Jesus and not looking at the things of the world. Mm, okay. Would you say that's an incorrect um, translation of the verse? or I, I say it's a helpful... It's definitely a helpful idea to have mm-hmm. in how right. you should view things, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely not what this verse was intending to right. say. Right. Um, but I don't think there's any wrong anything right. wrong in it because it's definitely a true statement. For me, I always looked at it and connected it to the eyes of the one and to the soul, mm-hmm. and so thinking about the eye being a lamp, and you know, if your eye is healthy, your whole body's full of light. Okay, lamps and light. Light, lights help you see see things right. in the mm-hmm. dark, right? So I always looked at it as like, be careful what you what you look at, right? Because right. if you're looking at, you know, bad things, dark mm-hmm. things, then it's going to make your your vision dark. You know what right. I mean? So, and that's not necessarily wrong either. Yeah, no, it's definitely helpful. It's definitely right. a helpful way to look at the scripture. It's very mm-hmm. beneficial to you, um, but it's still not what the author was saying that they wrote it and if i'm quite honest it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the section no it doesn't (laughs) it Um, seems like three different points mm -hmm. so this is a different translation this is from the complete jewish bible right same verse the eye is the lamp of the body so if you have a good eye that is if you are generous your whole body will be full of light but if you have an evil eye if you are stingy, your whole body will be full of darkness. That changes, changes <laughs> the text everything. completely. Yes. And because this is the complete Jewish Bible, they are, of course, referencing the actual Jewish idiom right, of right, what right. it means to have a good eye and a bad eye. Yes. And that's kind of what we're going to go into today. We're going we're gonna to break this down and really look at and, and try to have a deeper understanding of, okay, it says good eye, if you're generous. What, what, is, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Let's go deeper. All right, so let's get dusty. So what does it mean to have a good eye? So that scripture does say generous, um, and that's definitely a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so much more. When you really try to dive deep and look at other maybe Bible verses or just try to understand truly I think the Jewish perspective of what Mm -hmm. it meant right because they just operate so so differently than we do um and being generous to them is it's like required Mm -hmm. you know it's like you you should be that's like a heart posture you should have like you should want to help other people and right um and that's because you know, God is generous, you know, and so you're trying to strive to be more like him. So, so having a good eye is you have an outlook that understands more of who God is, because I feel like you can't operate in any of this if you don't have a good understanding of who God is. Right. So I know my God is good. My God is for me. I know that he provides for all my needs according to his riches and glory. 
Um, these are all things that you you come to know as you're in his word and as you're getting to know him and um, understanding who my father is affords me the opportunity to be generous to right. others right. to see the world from a view that knows that my God is for me yeah um, that my God withholds no good thing from me mm-hmm and so when I look out in the world, I, that's how I see, I see the goodness of God. That, right. That's, it's affecting my view. It's giving me a good eye. Right. You know, when I think about this and, and the Hebrew term for a good eye is ayim tovah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ayim tovah. Ayim tovah. So the literal, what it means literally, because God is so intentionally, right? So he gives us eyes so that we can see, but what do we see? see a need so it can be met yes right but spiritually it's about our our hearts our posture yeah. right about what we're taking on are we being generous mm-hmm. are are we are we using the gifts that god has blessed us with mm, to be good. generous right that if you have a good eye and you share your bread with the poor if you like you said mm-hmm. if you see a need right and you know that my God is good and he will give me all that I need. And this person needs to be lifted up. Mm-hmm. And so you provide, you, you lift that person up. You provide some, a need, a pri- provide a, for a need that they have um, that then in turn you will be blessed. That's good. Yeah. So then, of course, the opposite of a good eye would be a bad eye, right? Yeah. And uh, I believe it's pronounced um, Ayin Raha. Yeah, Ayin Ra. Ra, Ayin Ayin Ra. Ra. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which means evil, evil eye. And yes. so we have a scripture. Proverbs 28, 22. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. So, so how does having a good, good or bad eye impact the posture of our hearts? Yeah, that's, that's the key, to be honest. It's not a thing that you force yourself it like it's not like I was to say okay you know what so from now on I'm just gonna like do everything I can to just like be as generous as I can because then I have a good eye like we can force ourselves to do a lot of things but if your heart mm-hmm. doesn't have the right posture when you're That's doing right. it it's kind of void right so the act itself being generous isn't sufficient to give you a good eye what gives you a good eye is having the right view of God. It's it's having the correct posture. Right. And so in understanding posture and understanding, again, having the right view of God, there's a posture you have that's a posture of abundance. Right. Which says, my God has everything. He has, he, he can give me, there's no thing that he is not capable of providing for me. And so instead of looking at in the natural, what I physically possess, I have a viewpoint that of the abundance of what my God has. And so it's not about what I actually possess. It's more about, I know who my God is. Amen. And so I know his heart. I know his heart for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so having that posture of abundance says, you know, um, 
I can give the last of what I have. Right. Because I know my God's going to provide for my needs. That's right. So I don't feel like, oh man, wait, if I give this away, then, you know, what, what am I going to do? Because mm-hmm. then I'm not going to have what I need. Right. Um, no, a posture of abundance says I can give the last of what I have. Right. Because I know that my God right. provides everything that I need, that I can live out of the abundance of who he is and not necessarily the abundance of what I think I own. That's really good. And then the opposite of that, the opposite posture of the heart would be a posture of scarcity. Right. Which scarcity is like I was just giving the example, you know, oh, if I give my last, mm-hmm. what am I going to have? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what's what I have in a finite understanding of there's only so much like there's not enough really, you know, kind of that mentality of half the glass half full and glass half empty. Kind of. Yeah. Right. Kind of like that, because you're you're viewing the world through the eye of understanding of the limited resources. Right that we see right and with us things are always going there's always going to be a limit right if we're depending on ourselves exactly but when we're looking at through god's eyes right through his good eye yes we are always going to have more than enough exceedingly abundantly above overflowing (laughs) yes never lacking yes eye has not seen that's good ear has not heard yeah like like we can't fathom right the goodness of what he's capable of Amen. doing. Amen. That's and so, so the posture of scarcity, you know, it says, I don't have enough. I'm not enough. Mm. I, I need more. Right. I need to make sure I have enough for now and, and an overabundance of, of and keep trying and, and, and I need more because just in case. Right. Like, and I'm not... I, totally not knocking the understanding of being you know of planning and yeah yes saving i'm right. not saying that that's negative or bad or mm-hmm. anything like that but when your heart's posture is in scarcity your posture of scarcity your focus and your aim and your goal is i've got to keep getting more and i've got to keep holding on and i got to keep a tight fist wow yeah because I gotta, I've got to make sure right. that there's enough for me right. or for what I want. And if we have those tight fists, how are we supposed to receive the blessings from the Lord? And the word of God clearly says that he blesses us so we can be a blessing exactly. to others. Exactly. But if we're clinging on to what we have and we stay focused on, on the little, right? Mm-hmm. How can we allow, allow our amazing Yes. God of abundance and increase and multiplication mm-hmm. bless us. It's the cup overflowing. It's it's imagine your hands being the cup and like you said if if I'm closing my hands right. not only can God not pour more in mm-hmm. but I'm also not able to pour out. Right. So I'm not being generous. Right. When you have a, a posture of scarcity you're going to be, not to say that you never give, because I know that you do, like mm-hmm. some people do, you know, but because you're so consumed with trying to make sure that you, you're, you know, it's, it's making sure I have enough, 
you're, you're still holding on, you're giving probably in your excess, if right. that makes sense. Right. And so what we're doing is storing treasures, exactly. the earthly treasures, exactly. not the heavenly treasure. The heavenly treasures meaning God's blessings and abundance, right? Yes. Um, so opposite, the opposite of that would be the evil eye. And we were, we had read that scripture that talks about the evil eye being stingy, right? I think that was actually, it was, yeah, it was in the, in the complete Jewish Bible, Jewish Bible, verse 23. Right. So it says here, so if you have a good eye, that is, you are generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if you have an evil eye. If you are stingy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And I remember studying this and thinking, I was so convicted because I have never heard stingy being as evil. And Mm -hmm. it made me think like, what am I withholding that God wants me to give generously? You know, am am I looking through his good eye? Am I looking for opportunities to give generously or am I being stingy? Yeah, yeah. Which is evil in it, his exactly. eyes. Exactly. It actually says um, in Proverbs 21, 4, haughty eyes and a proud heart, what the wicked cultivate mm. is sin. Wow. So it's actually saying in this, the wicked cultivate being having you know arrogant, haughty eyes and having a proud heart. And those things are sin. Right. So having a bad eye, because it's so inwardly focused, mm-hmm. you know, it leads you to sin and you're not able to do the things that God calls us to do. And being, you're not only not being generous, but you're ultimately not trusting God. Right. Absolutely. And it says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters, either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we can't have both a good eye and a bad eye. It's You fall either one or the other. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about the first reference that I found of a good eye and a bad eye. And I wasn't looking for this one, which is kind of funny, because normally when we do these studies, you know, me and you, mm-hmm. we start doing like, searching for a specific word in scripture, you know, and all the verses where that word is used. Um, And when I did that, this did not come up, which Mm. was kind of funny to me because Mm -hmm. it very specifically uses the word I. So I was like, why did this not come up when I looked it up? Um, But yeah, I was just, you know, in my my time with the Lord and I just was like, you know, I'm just going to, just going to read. Torah, because I have like a little mini Torah, mm-hmm. and um, started reading Genesis. From and the for our listeners who's never heard that word Torah, Sorry, what is? You're right. <laughs> so the Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament, right? Um, what we would call the Pentateuch, which is the five Pentateuch is for Some five. Some people will say the law, right? They yeah, call it the law. So and it's the five books of Moses, right? Um, which were like the foundation mm-hmm. of like the Jewish culture and society was it, everything that they did was based on Torah with the five books of Moses. So yeah, so I have a, a mini Torah. So and so it just has the first five books of the mm-hmm. Old Testament in it. And um, I was reading Genesis and just started from the beginning and I'm just, you know, 
And I get to Genesis 3, verses 4 and 5, and read it. And um, this is what it says. The serpent said to the woman, Surely you will not die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will open. And you will be like divine beings who know good and evil. Wow. <laughs> and my first thought was, I have to text this to Angie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh my gosh, how did I not see this? Think about that. I know. That's in the old, think about them in the garden. Mm-hmm. They trusted God with everything. Yes. Like, they didn't feel like they needed anything. They didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't. had it all. Exactly. And yes. they knew that God literally provided for all their needs. Right. Like, like they just, you know, it's like being a little kid and know your parents are going to take care of you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you just have that, that safety and that security. Right. Like, they, they were in that place. Right. In the garden. And, you know, here comes the serpent. Um doing what he does Mm. you know being a little sneaky a little tricky yes you know trying to make us know are you sure right are you sure right um but basically says exactly what happens Mm -hmm. when you eat from it your eyes will be open and you will have the opportunity to see good and evil to have a good eye to continue to operate trusting God fully for everything right or having an evil eye right which focuses on you and and what you have and to be real she stopped trusting God before she bit the apple that's right because it was in the moment when she sat there and pondered what he said right she took her eyes yeah and she reflected Mm -hmm. and she you know well it does look good you know Looks like it might be tasty, mm-hmm. you know, which is what we do when we justify choices that we know we shouldn't do, but you know, right, kind of makes sense a little. Absolutely, you know. Um, so in that moment, she was not trusting the command that God gave them. Right. But anyways, that just like I said, That's seeing that the reference, the initial reference, at least to me, I connected. No, absolutely. And I mean, it happens in our day to day, right? Yeah. Um, we The enemy still speaks. He still tries to distract. And what he truly is doing is distracting us so we won't see the world through God's eyes, right? Yeah. But rather through the evil eye. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, of course, then we are going to doubt. Mm-hmm. We're going to fear. We're going to worry. We're, we're going to be consumed with the things of the world rather than to be consumed with God. Yes, that's so good. Another thing that we notice is with the good eye is that um, it's singular. Yeah. When we read that verse, it's, it's talking about it being a good eye, a singular. Not good which, eyes. Right. But, which we have two of them. Right. So, yeah. Which kind of what it means is that we need to have one view of the world. Yeah. So we're either viewing it through God's perfect, mm-hmm. untarnished, mm-hmm. full of abundance, perfect view. Yeah. Or we're going to view it from the world's view. Yeah. That's right? really good. 
Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, he is the perfect example of what it is to have a good eye. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, if you read just so many different stories, he's, he is generous to his people. I yes. mean, Jesus alone is the perfect, like he gave his only begotten son, mm-hmm. like, because he knew without a savior, um, we would be separated from That's him right. for eternity. That's right. So, <laughs> I mean, read the Old Testament. Right. It's a lot of rebellion. It's a lot of like, which is honestly, I ain't even knocking on them because we do it. You know what I right. mean? We all, you know, can look on times in our life where we rebelled, where we tried to do it our way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not knocking them for it. But he just knew that that was a struggle at human nature. Yeah. Um, and said... I'm going to be generous because I want, I don't want them to be separated from me for all eternity. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think of um, one of his covenant names, right? The Jehovah Jireh. Ah, yes. Jehovah Jireh. And so we understand Jehovah Jireh, the meaning being God is our provider, which Mm -hmm. is not incorrect. No. But that we know that literally in Hebrew, what that means is the God that sees. Yes. So in this is in Genesis 22, 14. Um, That is where we find the the term Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Yirah. And it was Abraham, you know, ready to sacrifice. Right. The promised son. Right. You know. Um, because he had a good eye. Yes, he trusted God. Fully trusted God. And, and how said, can you sacrifice your only son if you don't fully trust God? Exactly. His 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 literal thought process was God will raise him from the dead. Yes. Because he, he made this promise to me. That's right. So I know he's going to do it. Like, right. literally not a doubt in his mind. Right. Well, maybe, maybe there were some doubts in his well, mind. Well, sure. We can't Because I think that. trusting is a choice yes it is we need to choose to trust god that is very true yeah you know we don't know for sure what thoughts right. may have gone through his head but he chose chose to trust him to trust god at mm-hmm. his word and that this is the promise he made me mm-hmm. and so i know that even if he's asking me to sacrifice this promised son that he is able to raise him from the dead again right and so and that's when the you know i was like wait 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 Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, and he looks and sees a ram in the bush, caught in the bush. Right. And and it's at that moment where he he uses the term Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yirah, mm-hmm. um, which even when I say Yirah, you hear Ra, which Ra. Um, I know we said that, you know, ra'ayin means bad eye, but ra also means to see. Right. Like that's the Hebrew word to see. Um, actually, it's ra'a, I think. Ra'a. Do not quote me on any of this. I'm not a <laughs> Hebrew expert and I have not taken any classes. But ra'a is to see. Right. Um, and so when you say yira, you're hearing the see in it. And so what Yahweh yira actually literally, the literal translation right. in Hebrew is God will see, meaning he will see to it. He will right. take care of it. That's right. He'll provide. He provides. So that's uh, where the understanding of right. he provided the ram. Yes. God saw the need mm-hmm. and because God is a generous God and he has a good eye towards us. Yes. He provided yes. what Abraham needed in that moment. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. 
to to learn that Jehovah Jireh actually can also be translated is is God will will see and take care of what we need. So good. It's really awesome. So Suzanne, what can we do practically to ensure that we have a good eye? Uh, I think the the biggest thing, which I kind of hinted at, I think earlier, is you have to know him. Yes. You know, my husband Julian. Um, you know, in order for me to trust him, number one, like I have to know that I can trust him. So I need to be around him. You know, mm-hmm. um, I gotta spend time with him. I have to have conversations with him. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is how. Not only do I see how he acts, but I I see. I see his heart through what he does. I see his heart through what he says, you know, and that helps me to get to know Julian in such a way that I can trust who he says he is or who he tells me he is because I've, I've seen it. I've been around it. I've experienced it and I know him. And so ultimately it's the same with God. I mean, you've got to spend time with him. You know, you've got to be in the word. Like it's, it's, amen. It's the book he gave us to basically show us his heart. Yes. Yes. Um, We can experience it in a long time with him and we can experience it in praying and worshiping and all those things are so amazing. Um, But his word is also so revealing. Right. Of who he is and who his heart is. And so in Psalms 119, verse 36. It says, turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Amen. Um, it's, it's, his word is, is helping us to maintain a good eye because it's teaching, um, teaching us who he is. It's helping us to get to know him more and helping us to be able to have the right posture Mm-hmm. Because when we know how how he is towards us, and it, it helps us to live in that abundance, to live in that that posture of abundance, because we know how he is towards us, and so in turn we can operate in that, right? Um, and trust him in all those things. That's good. You know, you mentioned um, earlier <clears throat> that um, we have to get to know God, right, in order to trust him. And well, I'm not going to get it too much into it today, but I did a little bit of a study on the word know mm. in the Bible. Okay. And to know with the Hebrew thinking, it actually means intimacy, to be intimate mm. with. So some of the scriptures early on in Genesis, when it's talking about Adam and Eve, like they, he knew her. Mm, yes. That was in their them being intimate. That yes. means the same to get to know him, to be intimate with the Lord. But maybe we can do a different episode on that. that It's (laughs) funny because now that you're saying that, I'm trying to remember what that Hebrew word is because I know that that I've heard it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. We'll get back to that one. It literally is a perfect example. (laughs) You know, um, it is the same word. The way, you know, Julian knows me intimately is the way, you know, God wants to have a, a very close, tight, Right. And it's more than a physical act. It is an actual, just a posture. Of it is a unique, beautiful. And when I think, yes, intimate, that yeah. no one else knows you that well. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Oh, exactly. And honestly, even thinking about that, when I said, you know, I had to spend time with Julian to get to know him. Right. 
I got to know a whole nother side of him when I went back to where he's from and met his family Mm. and got to know him in the culture that he grew up in. And that makes me think about the way we're studying Jesus in his culture. Yes, I did know Jesus from Mm -hmm. his word and from spending time with him, but I'm getting to know him so much more. Right, And the result is that we're falling in love with Jesus. Falling even more (laughs) in love with him because so many things about what he said are just coming to life for me in ways that they didn't before. I was taking the time to get to know him and understand his words and the true intent and, yes. and, and what it was spoken and what it meant in that time. Right. Um, and how it communicates into to our time now. So. So good. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, looking at Matthew 6 and having a good eye. There's so much meat in this um, that there's probably going to be a part two. So look out for that. Um, Look out for the part two. It'll probably be released very shortly after part one. So just just keep your eyes and ears open. Make sure you uh, subscribe um, to get notifications because then every time we post a new episode, you'll be notified. Um, We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Well, this was a lot of fun. And so we're looking forward to our next episode with uh, Angie and Suzanne Stringing Pearls. Stay blessed.